What's going on, ladies and gents? Welcome to the Tangents Podcast. My name is Dalibor from T3G, and today we're doing another episode of Passion as a Business. This is our new segment on the Tangents Podcast. This is for those watching and listening in the future. I am joined by Matt Glass from HCT Media. How you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. You know, we got some technical difficulties, starting about 20 minutes late, but that's that's what production is, right? <laughs> Right. For sure. For sure. So while uh, for those who are listening in the future, we are broadcasting this live and we're going to have some audience interaction once we get some audience in the room. But uh, we are going to start off with just some some basic, basic questions. Uh, You do a lot of different stuff. I I can't like just like when I was talking to Jordan, I can't categorize you as. Like, you're not a sound guy. You're not a music guy. You're like, you're everything. You do so many things. How did you get started in production? Son of a bitch. I did it again. Well, here is another video where there is a bunch of audio missing. However, because there is only me talking in reaction, we're going to just cut this down until I realize what happened. No, I, oh, wow. (laughs) Go ahead and say something. Hello? Well, this is going to be interesting to to edit because I don't know that I have any of what just happened on audio. Weird. And I don't. Yeah, no, there's there's really no no recovering that one. That that's, <laughs> it's you know it's live. Oh well, we'll see what happens. You know what? Nobody nobody cares about that. <laughs> um, so the I have I'll be honest, I haven't seen the Fallujah documentary, but um, did you? How did that come about? Like, how do you decide to make? Oh yeah, that yeah, was probably your initial question. I totally didn't answer that. Was that the uh, first one? Was that the first documentary? That was our first like hour long feature length one from two years ago. That's the one that. We won the Emmy for. Okay. And then, like, was that – did you guys, like, leave the country for that? No. So it's a documentary about soldiers who fought in Fallujah. Gotcha. Making an opera about their experiences, or one specific soldier, and then these two other soldiers who made some artwork for it, and they're all, like, dealing with PTSD. So it was all local. Gotcha. gotcha and it was, gotcha. A, it was commissioned by a local um, television station, KCET, and they commissioned it. And initially, it was supposed to be about the opera and about this one soldier who was who the opera was based on. Okay. But he he was fine. He just wasn't that charismatic. And we met this other soldier who was doing some artwork in the background, and he was going to be an ancillary character. But he was just so interesting. We had like a six-hour conversation with him the first day, and we were like, we have to make it about this guy. So they were nice enough. Well, we, I think Jordan had to do some battles, but to like skew it more towards him and a little less about the opera, which it was way better for. Right. So you said they commissioned it. I mean, like, what? So it's a it's a PBS station. I think they get grants. So I think when the opera was, they found out the opera was happening, they applied for a grant. Like, we want to make a documentary about this opera. So, like, the I don't know how, where the money comes from. So they gave them money specifically for that. Like, the that documentary we just did, the Art Nature one, they commissioned a documentary about the history of 
artists in California and how that relates to nature in California. So that was their pitch to get the money. They got the money. They're like, okay, what can you guys do with this? And then we dealt with them and went back and forth on some stuff. And then gotcha, gotcha. So is that something that I guess how like how do you get to that? Like, is that something that you seek out? Is that something that it's like a job posting and you just happen to catch it? That was a weird one. So we made our our half cut tea documentary, mini documentaries, and we had an unrelated meeting at KCT with someone we were filming something with, and we met the the lead of KCT, and he asked us what we do, and so we showed him some of our documentaries, the little seven minute ones, and he said, "We have a TV show where we use seven minute long documentaries about artists. Can we like license some of these?" So that's how we got in contact with them, and they licensed our entire hour long documentary, and like yeah so it's just like a slow build of a relationship and i guess in between there they asked us to do some seven minute long original content for them for a <clears throat> new tv series they did and they saw that we were able to pull that off and that's when the hour long things came, came along gotcha gotcha well, that's really cool man that's that's you know i think that's it's always interesting to think of like how how you go from like passion projects and doing stuff because it's cool and because you want to do it to getting paid I think that's, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a big part. I mean, I think that's a huge part of the journey, of course. You know, and the only problem with getting paid is that you give up the right. I mean, we still fight for a lot of stuff, but like suddenly there's another voice in there. And you're like, oh, no, there's someone else we have to listen to. Right. You always have to do what they say, but you still have, you have to listen to a lot of it. <laughs> right. And I, think, I mean, I think uh, that's, kind of, that's kind of a popular, I don't want to say popular, but that's kind of like a understandable thing in, in – in, the, the real world, not the real world, the, uh, the outside world, uh, outside of Hollywood and, and, and outside of filmmaking, because I think we've seen a lot of results of other voices getting involved. Uh, I think uh, we, I always go back to Fantforstic, uh, <laughs> my, uh, my most hated and most angry. Uh, I never saw that. You, uh, I th- if, for morbid curiosity, you should. Uh, and just to see, you all said Fantastic Four, right? Yeah, the, yeah. Oh, is that the new one, the yeah. Justin, whatever? And it's funny, you could see like where the disconnect is because they literally go to a black screen and it says one year later, and I was like, this is Full where, I was like, this, this is where it just goes down. <laughs> he's saying no. He's, he's saying don't see it. He's saying don't see it. It's terrible. Sure. But I think for if you want to see it for morbid curiosity, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad. It's, but, but full throttle, here's the question. Is it is it as bad as Birdemic? <laughs> it seems like Birdemic might have known that they were making a little bit of a joke film. I assume because they called it Birdemic, hopefully. And it seems like uh, the, possible. whatever possible. movie's called, Fantastic Four, they were trying really hard to make it deep. And it seems like it backfired completely. It, they, they had so many things that were just conflicting and like hardcore conflicting super hardcore conflicting just on the just on like a surface level johnny storm is and has always been written as like a daredevil free spirit kind of guy and he he in the you know in the beginning he like crashes this car and his dad has to get him out of jail like he's that guy you know like reckless Mm -hmm. they 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 end up in this you know whatever parallel world or whatever and he ha- he shows a fear of heights, and I was like, huh, <laughs> huh. 
He, you like drove a car into literally until the engine exploded and went to jail for it. But heights, huh? Just <laughs> like we have to make him human. <laughs> and then, like but... when they did the one year later, suddenly he was like best friends with the government, and oh, we're gonna help them. We're gonna work with the government. And I'm like, you were like flipping off cops at the beginning of the movie. I just don't <laughs> see the. Where is the pivot, sir? Where is the pivot? Yeah. You skipped the part of the movie that was the actual movie. <laughs> Exactly. That's exactly what happened. It was like the way things were written and the way things are done is just ridiculous. You have these like, here is this plot thread and you're like, interesting. Oh, there's nothing else. <laughs> and, yep. uh, and that's that's like, uh, you know, there, there's something to be said about mystery, about about kind of like, hey, how does this work? How does this happen? Like, for instance, I, I'm not going to ruin I don't want to spoiler the the the, the rain film. Uh, it's it's not a long film. Oh, you should sure. see it. But at the beginning, he's walking through the streets, and there are some dead bodies. And it's not like like a couple. There's a lot of dead bodies, and you're like, what is this with the dead bodies? Like this, like what exactly is happening here? <laughs> and you know what? That gets resolved. <laughs> If only it was if they told you why there were dead bodies in the title of the film. <laughs> oh wait, they do. That was my favorite. I loved like naming movies is my favorite part of making movies. Like the title Rain is so like yeah, because you don't, it doesn't make any sense until the like you kind of no. get what it is at the no, end. No, yeah, it's, like, it's, oh, it's, nice. it's dark. It's dark. <laughs> yeah, it's real. I, I, I was, I was. Oh yeah, I love plotting that movie out specifically, and that kind of stuff. I love like the little plot threads that like you're like this doesn't mean anything, and then by the end every single little thing means something that all like fits together yeah when you can make that work it's like amazing when it doesn't work it's not that great but when it does it's right right i've been i've been uh, i've been writing a novel for 10 years easily uh it's been going very slowly because every year i say i'm going to do it for nanoremo i don't know if you know what that is yeah the one month yeah every year i say i'm going to do it for nanoremo i do like three days and i'm like hey man i'm on good pace and then like life happens and I don't have an hour and a half or two, hour and a half to three hours to knock out 1,200 words in a day. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, I'll make it up tomorrow. And then it's, you know, by the end of the week, you got to make up 12,000 words. And you're just like, <laughs> forget uh, this. Uh, it's not going to happen. Not, not this month. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I, never, I never thought, I mean, this isn't comparable at all to writing a book, but I never thought I could write a feature length movie. And then when I finally did that, I was like, oh, okay. That's not that bad. Maybe I could write a book. So here, here's this is like a good step on that level. I think, yeah, I think if you've done, I think if you've done script writing, I think screenwriting, I think you can absolutely do a, a book because I think you just get to, you just get to do all the stuff. And this, I guess this is where my question is going to come in in, in a script, in a screenplay, are you breaking down step by step? Like, Hey, this is what the, you know, action, direction, dialogue, all in kind of one shot or is it flowing more like this is what I want the scene to be. Here's the dialogue. And then like you make up the back half of it, like the actual, like go this way, the direction, the stage direction during the shoot. Um, <clears throat> let me think here. Well, it depends, I guess. So initially I'll, I, I board out everything like super in-depth boards, like these plot boards are really crazy. It's they're fun to look at. Um, but uh, script writing, like I wrote this movie called The Quiet Girl, and it's pretty silent. 
movie, there's some dialogue in it, but it's not super dialogue heavy. And so I wanted it when people to read it for it to last as long as the movie lasted. And so uh, I wrote so incredibly in depth, like that it takes you like an hour and a half to read the whole script. So like, it's so much description. It's so much like, uh, what's that prose. And like, it's written like a short or like, I guess a, a regular story, but that's not how everybody writes. Sometimes it's just like guy jumps in car, runs away. Person does that. And they let the director or whoever's doing it, uh, fill in the gaps. But I figured like, since I was planning on directing it, it became like a notebook for me of like, Sure. writing it in a way where I knew exactly everything that I wanted. And I think in the writing process, you as a writer kind of are imagining where everything goes. Right. But on Squirrel, which we shot last October, there's a lot of times where like the way I imagined it when I wrote it, like the action, we get on set and then the actors would like plot up. Uh, what's it called? Not plot it out. Uh, what's it called when you do uh storyboard? No, like where they figure out where they're stepping. Ah, it's such a, I can't Marks? forget that. Uh, something. Um, Anyway, and they figure out where they're going to walk around you're, and stuff. You're the professional, sir. I, I'm, I am an amateur at best. Dude, where the actors stand. What is that called? Marks. Oh, Take your marks, right? Yeah, the marks are where they stand, but like the process of getting. Anyway, it's not important. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a fraud. Um, but uh, the they'll terminology. do it in such a way. They do it so much better than like. I had it imagined in my mind or completely different than it was imagined in my mind. And then suddenly you have to change camera angles and change lighting to fit that as well. So you never know, like you can have it all made up in your head, but once you get on set, if something better comes up, it's always like, sure. It's great. Blocking, blocking, blocking. Ah, ah, see, I'm real. (laughs) I can Google the answers as fast as anyone else. (laughs) Still got it. That's fantastic. This is going to be a very interesting bro- uh, podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. I'd love some comments uh, in the future about how this sounds because uh, is my sound really bad? No, no, no. I just I think I think we lost like the first half. Oh, that was a boring half because of me. because of my headset. It just oh yeah. You were, I'll have to you're do talking, I'll have to do an intro. I'll have to do an intro and and talk about <laughs> like ah be like listen. Matt says weird... it was the boring half. Do you, do you listen to like? Any other podcast, like pod, interview podcasts, like I, WTF or anything like that? Uh, no, not 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 interview. I mean, I I listen to a fiction interview podcast. I listen to oh nice. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, hello from the Magic Tavern. I just started listening to a podcast from. Um, I I'm hesitant to calling him call him an upcoming filmmaker because he's been making film off of YouTube for a while, uh, but he's a uh, he's an independent filmmaker from. Texas, man, that took a long time. It's in it's in his channel. Time. Uh, he's uh, he's he's really interesting. He's really interesting. He's uh, he's a Chicano, and he's got a whole lot. He's been in, interviewing people that he knows, and he's just started. I think he's only like twelve episodes in. So like, nice. but they're, they're lengthy episodes. So I'm just like taking my time. It's 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 very interesting to like. I mean, I think I think life in different parts of the country is different by nature. Mm-hmm. So like you know, Midwest life and, and California life. Like I, I stayed in California for like a week and I know California life is different. Like just from that week, I'm just like, this is not how things work over there. Like, I can't live like this. Uh, and then, and so having like a slice of, of, of Texas life, specifically like Texas skater life, it's been very interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. Him and his, his friends have all been skaters and 
now they're all getting into like different things coming out of college That's and stuff. Fun. So yeah, no. Uh, why, why do you ask specifically about? Uh, uh, it, like, it was a weird tangent, but uh, me and Jordan for some reason got in, asked to shoot. So Mark Marin, who does the WTF podcast, was doing an episode on Jerry Lewis. Oh wow! And we were friends with the guy who directed him in this last movie. And he's like, "Can you guys film it for me?" And we'll maybe put it on the DVD. So we went. We got to film this interview with one of his last interviews, I think, Jerry Lewis and Mark Marin. <clears throat> it was supposed to be an hour long interview, and halfway through, Jerry Lewis was just like, "I'm done." And Mark Marin was like, "What? Well, what? We had just freaking out because we hadn't even gotten anything good yet." But on his podcast, he had to put like a disclaimer at the beginning, like explaining, like I don't know what happened. He just like left halfway through, and huh? And just, so he take just, a note from that. He just left. <laughs> he's just like he's he was ninety whatever, and just he's been like not pampered his whole life, but like he's a celebrity. He knows he's a celebrity. He does whatever the heck he wants, and so he was just like, I'm not doing this anymore. Thanks. That's fair, I guess. I mean, like, yeah, you know, once once you're at that point, I was uh, I was looking at a. Uh just the, uh, the the roles taken and the general behavior uh, over the last few over the last few years of um, uh, Nicholson and <laughs> and Freeman Morgan Freeman and as of, as of uh, around the time of the bucket list which I thought was like a really good movie but for the most part like there wasn't a lot of acting in it <laughs> like they were just kind of hanging out there's like old dudes like, hanging just out do a bunch of stuff right and that's kind of what it's felt like ever since they're like we're like rich old dudes let's do a heist movie <laughs> why not so like you know four rich old dudes did a heist movie and i was just nice. like yeah no this is like people who have the pull to like call somebody at a studio and be like yeah me robert de niro and you know morgan freeman <laughs> we all want to do a heist movie Make it it's happen. Like, okay. And yep. they're like, yeah, all right, we'll make money. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they know they'll make their money off. They're like, whatever you want. No, right? It has to be good. Exactly. It doesn't have to be good. It just has to feature the four of you in it. <laughs> yeah, so I think, it's, I think it's interesting to, to like, that's, that's, that's weird. So you just walked away. That's a very. Yeah. So then what do you, like, what do you do? You're just like, all right, well, pack, pack up the gear. Let's go. Yeah. Like, nothing else. So I have all the footage and they never asked for it. And it's just like, all right, it's cool. Well, right. Because yeah. like, what is this? You're like, show him walking away. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I don't think they were going to end the episode, but when he died, I think that's when Mark Maron finally released it. The, like, at least the audio part of it. Gotcha, gotcha. That was interesting. He was interesting. Jerry Lewis. Yeah, he was okay. interesting. Did, I mean, did, did you know that Vern Troyer just died? Yeah, I heard about that. That sucks. That's weird. That's like a weird... Yeah. Somebody said that, and I was like, what? He's... Yeah, that was, no. that was weird. What? A lot of people... I mean, the lady in our... Uh, Art and Nature documentary just passed away, also, I think. So. Yeah, and you said that was like before, obviously, before it's done, but wasn't it um, like some of the last stuff you guys filmed was was like difficult to use because of her speech was slurred and stuff? Yeah, it was like a thing where we wanted to, like, because she was going through um, dialysis, we wanted to kind of like try to find a tasteful way to show what she was going through and like, you know, the struggles of her life, but then it became like, she went downhill so fast that it was like you can't do this in a way that doesn't seem exploitive anymore so we kind of just had to back away and then she became kind of like unresponsive entirely and it wasn't even possible to interview her after our first two interviews so we just kind of had to work around it hope the story made sense still gotcha yeah that's and that's like an interesting hurdle like has uh have you have you had 
I mean, that's terrible for, for, for obviously for her and for her family. But like, as far as filmmaking, that's an interesting hurdle to have to jump. Have you had mm-hmm. uh, other similar, I don't say similar, hopefully not, you know, nobody else has died, but, uh, you know, you, you lose the footage or you, you missed an interview, like forgot to hit record something. <laughs> I've definitely done that many times. Uh, <laughs> But on our Fallujah documentary, one of the soldiers, he was like so such an open book that there were certain stories that we wouldn't necessarily want to get onto the public just because he, he probably wouldn't want people to know certain things about what happened over there, that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, you don't want to keep the truth from the world, but there's like certain things you're like, well, I don't think maybe he knew what he was, that he was letting all that out there. And, you know, you want to stay on the guy's good side so you can, you know, get a good story from him. Right. But I've definitely like... I think somehow on Squirrel, our feature film, we didn't lose any footage. I think a card went corrupted, but the footage was all fine. We might have lost one file. Um, I like that you said somehow, like 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 it's something you expect. When we it is your first, it is your first feature, so that's fair. That is like and like and I was the D. I mean, I was the DP, but I was also the DIT. So after all the shoots, I would just dump the footage and be like, I hope that's everything. I hope we're not, you know. There's just so much stuff going on that, like, I thought maybe I'd forget to dump a card one time. And uh, so you got, got you, you shot the whole thing in 4K. Yeah. Which I was is, having this conversation. Yeah. I was having this conversation yesterday. Why 4K? Why not? Uh, why not 1080? Just for, uh, and I just mean for practicality of like editing. That would be great. Yeah, I agree. Um, because that became a problem in editing too. Uh, certain streaming services, I think, only accept 4K now, like Netflix and oh, wow. all those kind of things. So even if, I mean, I think you could probably like upscale and they wouldn't know, but yes, yeah, so that just became a little bit. And you can say we shot in 4K, and that becomes more interesting to uh, distributors because they, oh, 4K, I've heard of that. So it just it, true, it's true. Just another it's a buzzword. Point. It's a buzzword. And then also when you downscale it to 1080p, it ends up looking way sharper and nicer than having just shot natively in 1080p. Unless you have a camera that shoots 4K and then it's already downscaling and then it still look good. But I also shot it in, I think it was like 400 megabits, which is like super high bit rate yeah, 4K. Is. So it's just like the amount of hard drive space that we went through for this film was crazy. And then I had to go through and... That was going to be my next question. How much, how big, if you were to add up all the files, how large say, is this project? I think it's ten thousand files ish. I have actually have the drive right here. Files. Ten thousand files and I've gotta edit I've gotta edit like a twenty minute short little mockumentary and I've got a ton of files and I thought that was a lot. Ten thousand files is like incomprehensible to me. It's four point something terabytes. That's a whole hard drive for just one thing. It was three of those like small two terabyte drives, and then we had two of each of them so that we'd have a backup. And now I have like a big editing G drive that I put it on. Right. And then also, I'm well. So yeah, so it's ten thousand files, and then I have to make 1080p proxies that I can edit with on for every single file. Because like because your computer can only handle so much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fact. Need to build you a 4K rendering beast. I'm, I'm try- Once this is done, it's going to happen because I, I can't do it yet because I'm using this for music. So, like, all the plugins and stuff are on this computer. It'd be a pain to have to redo everything. So, once the music is done for Squirrel, new computer time. I won't lie. I'm super duper jealous of your Microsoft Surface that's behind you. 
I didn't even see that. Oh, is it just laying right here? Yeah. Super Here's your previous model. I think this is a four, whatever. I love it. I'm so jealous. I want one of those so bad. I love, I like them a lot. I had uh, the original, like non, non full edition of Windows version. Yeah, that's great. That's what's so great about it. It just has, I mean, I have Premiere on there. I have Photoshop, like CS5 or something, but it's just Windows. You have anything you can put on there. Right. Anything you can put on any computer. Um, what I was actually going to say is uh, you should totally let uh, let us uh, help you with uh, that build. You know, we, we, oh. do, we do custom builds on, uh, on, on T2G. <laughs> you should talk to Jordan because I think he also wants to upgrade his computer. Dude, heck yeah. Heck yeah. So we're thinking about the old, the old upgrading. Build out some Ryzen for you. Oh, man. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, 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 you know, you know, you know what a, what did you say? D-T-I-P? I don't even know. Digital Terry in process. What does that even? That, I still don't know what that means. <laughs> What's a DTIP? Didn't you? No, no. Didn't you just? Say that? You said not DP, but you were a D. Didn't you say? Oh, DIT. DIT. Uh, What's a DIT? That's the guy on set who is in charge of. Is it digital intermediary trans? I don't know what it stands for. The guy who takes the cards and puts them on a hard drive, runs all the software to make sure every single bit is completely copied, and then he also will do things like applying temporary LUTs to stuff and maybe even doing a little like assembly editing on set so you can see what stuff looks like. Oh, wow. I didn't even, that's, that's, that, see, like, I didn't even know that that was a thing that existed. So you just, yeah, like, I mean, it's pretty new. Yeah. You just do like, like on set editing just to see like if it looked good. So like in case it needs a reshoot. Yeah, exactly. And you, I mean, you'll copy the cards over and they have like software that makes sure that the card copy is completely like exact because sometimes I don't know stuff can get corrupt. Like sure. one bit gets off and you lose something, and uh, and then yeah, some of them will have, have lots that they apply to make sure that and then the DP will come over and look at it to make sure that the color looks right and the whatever stereoscope thing. That's crazy. It's 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 a it's a really how many people behind the scenes were involved on this latest flick? Uh, squirrel or squirrel? Uh, yeah, squirrel. Let's see. Jeez, I don't know, ten or twenty-ish. I mean, everybody had like thirty jobs, and then act. There's so many actors, a lot of actors in that. They didn't have thirty jobs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was. I mean, it was madness. I didn't sleep at all, and days off were just like spent shot listing. And right. Was, I'm I, so you you Jordan has. Uh really really sold hct as like the budget friendly and budget minded uh production company i mm. cannot wait to hear what the budget for this is because i've already oh, seen yeah. I've, I've had a sneak Mom's peek of the, the trailer world. i liked it it's very interesting i'm curious like let's just say I, i'm at the very least curious i'm not legally allowed to say until it's sold no, 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 that's fine. That's fine. I'm just saying, like, I, how I, dare you try to get that out of I'm me? Not, no, I'm not. I'm not suggesting you should send it. No, sir, sir, sir. <laughs> My under oath. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's it's. I'm just really interested to hear because it, like, like I said, I've seen the, I've seen the the trailer. It looks very cool. There's a lot going on. Like you said, there's a ton of actors. Um, mm -hmm. But I just know, like, some of the other stuff you guys have given me like numbers for. I'm just like, that doesn't make sense. Like in my head, don't know how that works. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I don't fun. know how you do that with that little money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rain was Rain. We did for like I don't even know what three thousand dollars or something like that. 
that one was crazy. And that's I mean, like the majority of that is materials, right? Because did you? Yeah, and it's just because we don't get paid, and I, I mean, I spent like ten months doing post production on that thing. So, right, right, you don't have, do like, right, you don't have another editor coming in. You don't have, you know, yeah, so much. Like, I'm sure you can tell that, like, so much of that movie is green screened that it's like insane. <laughs> but at least it's not see like it's just you're green screening and all the little props into the background and stuff. So it's right. It's still, it still counts. I mean, it does. It does. And, but, like, at the end of the day, you, you get the shot and you get it. It looks good. I think, like I said, I think it's a really, really interesting film. I think it's great to watch. Uh, I dug. I also really, really, really enjoyed uh, I Hate Mondays. Oh, yeah. Um, I I, the, I watched it one time, and then I went to show it to someone, and I had, I had billed it as a comedy thing. And I was like, I don't know. It was like they did this comedy short, and I started playing, and I was like, Oh yeah, no, it's not, uh, it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> like, wouldn't call it comedy, but it's funny. <laughs> that was one of those things where originally me and Jordan and two other guys were in a comedy sketch group or something. We'd all come up with different sketches to do. So that's a sketch that I wrote for them, and they were like, This is not the type of stuff that we do. I was like, Oh okay. Uh, but then like a year later, we came across some folks that wanted to, to help get that done, which was nice. And uh, what was I going to say about it? Oh, I just love the idea of like movies where you you see where it starts out and you see where it ends and you're like, how did we get from there to here? And they're like, along the way it makes sense, but right. you're just like, I don't, like, this is such a, like, such a journey from like, and it's, that it's, like it's, a guy it going to... It started in a really, really interesting way it kind of started like you expect it to go a certain way. And you're like in your head, mm-hmm. you're like, all right, I see it. Like, okay, workplace, like workplace foibles. I get it. Uh-huh. And then it's not. And then you're like, oh yeah. You're like, oh, then it's this other thing. Oh no, it's this thing. Oh no, it's that thing. Yeah. Right. It's like four, four or five different right. thing, twists. Right. And that's, and I, they all, I mean, I think it all makes sense. Like it all like oh, within yeah. its own. Balance. 100%. My, my, like, I just like I want more out of the world. Like, you know, give me give me some of the stories from beforehand. Give me some more stories after the mm-hmm. fact. You know, what happens to him at the end? Squirrel is similar in that, not as like extreme, but it definitely has that. Oh, it's this movie. Oh no, it's this movie. Oh, it's that movie. Sort of a thing going on. So that's that's good. Fun. That's good. And like I I like especially if if you know something that's like really well thought out like this. I I really like having those turns where it's not just like you're watching. And you're like, all right, well, this is gonna happen. All right, and this mm-hmm. like, because it was uh, yeah. I I for, genuinely can't think of what the movie was. So like maybe that tells you. Oh no no it was uh, I, I always call it fish sex, but it's uh, a shape the shape of water. Shape of water. Uh, <laughs> did you have you seen it? Yeah yeah. So longest telegraph on the planet, right? <laughs> to just be like, oh yeah, you have these really weird, interesting birthmarks on your neck on both sides oh, yeah. that really look like gills. And I was like, oh, okay, I see where this is going. <laughs> yeah, oh, that one I totally, yeah. Actually, I don't know if I saw that coming somehow. Uh, Did I see it coming? I was just like, okay, cool. What I didn't see was that her neighbor was gay. I, and oh, my, yeah, wife, my like, wife was like, no, he's, he was totally gay. He was always gay. I was like, mm, I didn't see that. But like, I feel like, Oh, go ahead. But I was like, for me, it was very much like, oh, Gills. Okay, she was abandoned as a baby. Like, Ray's doesn't speak. Like, loves the water. Loves, yeah, loves. The... Mm, I mean, I'm just saying, some signs. 
I definitely, I remember Wreck-It Ralph, I thought was really good at like constructing the plot in a way where you, you feel like you get what it's going for. And like, it shows you a certain thing. I wish I could remember specifics, but like, you're like, okay, it's showing me that because that means this is going to happen. Okay, cool. Then you get there and that happens. You're like, yeah, I knew it. But then like, that also meant something else. And you're right. like, oh, that's a twist. I felt safe because I knew what that meant, but it meant something else too. And it's like, right. so you like get thrown off. That's, example. that's that's yes. absolutely the best kind of film to me because I, yeah. I I like having that. Uh, I, you know, in, in a lot of ways, I uh, we, we'll be and to those listening uh, and and watching, we'll be putting out our Black Panther review very shortly. Uh, my cousin, in his wisdom, decided to film in 4K. And nice, it is, and it is a some stupid amount. It's like a 36 gigabyte file. <laughs> so i just i just have been putting it off because i don't want to deal with that file so, it's been 20 days uploading it so oh no we're gonna export in 1080 i'm not no, i guess that's okay <laughs> we're you gonna export in like 480p just to spite him uh it's a podcast like how many people are just watching us talk really mostly yeah, today because we also broadcasted live on caffeine so we were looking this nice. way for the most of it not to the camera <laughs> over there so no, it, it, it's uh, yeah. Black Panther was also, I think, to to that point, like predictable in some senses. Like, oh, like, have you seen Black Panther? Yeah. Like, oh, he died. No, he doesn't die. Come on, like, <laughs> like he yeah. Clearly, didn't. Come on, <laughs> like, yeah. It's we there's know. still yeah. 35 minutes left in the movie. He's the title character. Mm-hmm. Most likely not dead. Well, I really liked. Uh... The movie Coco. Do you ever see that? Do you see that thing in Disney movie? I have movie? not seen that. I've heard it brings out all the feels. Yeah, I won't spoil it, but it's like within the first ten minutes, you know exactly what's going to happen throughout the rest of the movie, and then like you know how it's going to end, and you're like, okay, you're going to do this thing. It's going to pull on my heartstrings. That's great. And then you do it, and you're like, okay, it still works, and you still you'll still cry. It just even though you know what's coming, but it's just so well done that you like it doesn't matter, right? If you see it coming or not. It, it, that's funny that you mentioned that. I was just watching. I don't know if you watch. Um... Uh, honest trailers. Nah, sometimes I've seen so, a few. He just did recently. It did a, an honest trailer for Finding Dory, mm-hmm. and like the whole time he's being like super cynical about like oh it's a cash grab. It's like oh like <laughs> essentially the same plot points like like moment to moment, beat by beat. Then he gets to the end where like she finds the family, like and she finds out that she was truly loved. Damn you, Pixar! <laughs> you, did, you did it again. <laughs> Man, I don't know. Like, yeah, I love when Pixar throws out, like, the dark stuff. Like, I mean, have you seen Inside Out? I have not. There's a there's just a character in there that's so stupid. And you're like this, and, like, it's, like, the comic relief dumb character. But just, like, the turn that it takes and, like, how just like how serious it gets. You're like, how did that character become so serious? And, like, <laughs> it becomes so sad. And just, like, you've seen Wally at least, right? Yeah, I've seen Wally. Okay. Like, I've seen Up. Wally's super dark. Wally, like, I, I mean, thought as far as, like, commentary, I was like, oh, kids are going to love this. I'm like, parents will hopefully think a lot after this one. Like, I guess, yeah. Uh, what I was going to say about Wally is that, like, one thing I always tell people, and, and, like, the thing that freaked me out is, like, he's literally, like, every day walking by a graveyard of his family. There's, like, dead Wallys all around him. Yep. He has to walk through that to go to work, and he has to, like, take the shoes off of his dead family members to like to to be his shoes right and like if you think about it and like he's just trying to be so upbeat 
it's just so freaking dark. It's like it's crazy that it's they can get away with that. It's depressing. It. Yeah, yeah, that's my a favorite. Whole lot. I thought it was interesting. I, like, and now, now in retrospect, now that uh, I think we talked about this during uh, Holy Shit History, uh, mm-hmm. they've got that they've got that bacteria now that eats plastics. I'm like, so like oh, the, yeah. the, the mountains in Wally are just gonna be metal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know because me, like metals are metals are found naturally on Earth, so like me, they're like nothing's likely to evolve to eat metal. Mm. So like mm. all the plastics will get eaten off, and it'll just be metal. Metal mountains. <laughs> or just mountains of metal, and I'm just like, man, I feel like now it's even a little darker. <laughs> there you go. Now Wally. only like super and then like old in toys. in uh, Toy Story three, there's that moment where they all think they're gonna die, and so they just, they just hold hands and like embrace the fact they're all gonna die for a second. Like, damn, like you couldn't do that kind of stuff when I was a kid. No, I see. Here, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that back. I think that's not true. I think there has been a lot of of stuff from because you're what you're ninety seven. You're twenty nine. Nice. I'm much older than that. That's great. Thirty five. Two more years. Oh, I'm I'm 34. I have to turn 35 this year. Okay, so. I'm 37. Yeah, it's fine. Everybody knows. So like we it's we fun. are we are then of the same era. I was just like wondering, yeah. like to, to give me a gauge of like what you would have watched. You likely watched the same things. If you watch Gargoyles, the TV show, okay, that is the darkest, <laughs> richest Dude. show ever. So this is my we're getting into this is my OP one keyboard that I used to make repeats all the time. I just want to show up this. Oh, I'm jealous. Gargoyles was my favorite show when I was a kid. That's the first show I've ever seen, ever saw that had like arcs, season arcs. What a cool thing. I loved that series. I mean, like that show was about betrayal, trust, racism. Like, oh my God, it was such a deep. And you're also learning about like Shakespeare and like. Right, right. I was like Macbeth. I'm like, I've heard of that. And then like I would like, so like when it came up in school, I'd be like, listen more, like way more intently. (laughs) <laughs> and oh, it was such a good show but like i watched yeah. it like probably three four years ago and i was like man this show is fucking dark there's just so like there's so many underlying things and like culturally it was incredible because you touched on all these different cultures no, that's right elisa yeah. mazo was half native american i think right and they did a lot of like when they did the season the, the like ridiculous like the the goliath journeys or whatever they called it in season two and oh yeah it like it was like a 45 episode season because they didn't want to mm-hmm. end it because that was him and his daughter on the little boat thing yeah because that's when they uh disney and this was like a thing i learned later disney at that time like decided apparently for the industry that three seasons was like that's the, mm, the cap like for tv show. shows so that's why like the last season of gargoyles was called the goliath chronicles because it was a that, different yeah. show it was it was different animators too i think because the quality suddenly got bad it was different animators and it the, the like storyline got weird it got like way more like hardcore racism themed because they had like a, a gargoyle elimination squad, like trying to go around and kill them during oh, yeah. the day. Super Thanks. dark. I was like, huh, this took a turn. Like, like everyone knows about gargoyles, but like that somehow turns into like essentially police state. Like, eh. it's a dark, <laughs> a real harsh ninety degree turn there. But oh, I think yeah. like stuff like that. You look at you look at things like the X Men. Uh, yeah, I guess series, right. like, yeah. X-Men they killed off Morph in the first couple episodes they killed off Morph in the first couple episodes so that turned into like 
you're like your mistakes coming back to haunt you because morph kept coming back yeah. and then you also had like the the mutant liberate or the uh the what was it called the, uh, what were they called the i don't remember oh my goodness they're like the, the ones who were no no more mutants and all that stuff um, oh yeah yeah i don't know Wow, well, whatever. Like, yeah, it was like this hate group that, like, honestly, in the comics, like, I've read all the stuff from the '90s. Essentially, like, I, actually, I'm fairly confident in saying that I have read 90% of the comics that came out in the '90s that were X-Men. Nice. And they were like this big a part of that. Like, not even a li- like they were mentioned. That was about it. It was like they were some some guys. They like made a little bit of a ruckus here and there, but they were nowhere near. But, like, on the X-Men TV shows, like, every other episode is very much, like, no more mutants, no more, like, hateful Graydon Creed's trying to, like, ban mutants and all this stuff. And I'm just like, damn. Like, back then, it's like, cool, whatever, X-Men powers, whatever. But then, like, you would go back and look at it, you're like, man, you learned a lot from these shows. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. there's, yeah, a, there, there's a lot to it. It's just, I feel like nowadays, while at the same time, yeah, you could... I think now they're doing it on a bigger scale, like with with the Pixar movies. I think cartoons are getting more subversive, subversive with education. Like you learn things, they 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 like pack, they like actively pack more education in cartoons, but also mm-hmm. while making it super like dumbed down on the surface. So like you're watching Dora the Explorer, it's like if you look at it, it's a dumb show. But, like, you're learning Spanish. There's just no way around that. <laughs> you're just doing it. Interesting. And uh, there, there was another one. I forget what it was called. But there was one where they um, – it was, like, essentially same premise with a, with a little Japanese girl. And, like, they would use Japanese terminology. And, like, you would learn Japanese terminology and, like, culture through this, like, really bright, like, poppy animated show. And I was like, this is for, like, you know, three, four, five-year-olds. And I'm just like, man, this is terrible, but I see what you're doing. <laughs> So, like, they, I think they moved all the dark stuff to movies. Like, the, yeah, the parents are bringing you. You're not being sent out and, you know, you're not going into the wild on your own and, like, le- learning about hate and, and hate groups uh, without parental supervision. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I guess there, it was still uh, pretty dark and weird back then. It's just, yeah, it gets it gets very interesting. I think, I think um, I'm having an interesting time, like, figuring theme. Like, theme is kind of the thing I'm trying to like really get my head around as far as um, storytelling, not even just filmmaking, but storytelling. Um, I had somebody very honestly and brutally tell me that my sales pitch for our comic book was terrible. And I was like, okay, like that's, you know, that hurts a little bit, but uh, go ahead. Like, let me, let me hear it. And he's like, listen, you got to Like, what's the thing? What's, what's this, what's the story about? Oh yeah. And I was like, and I like had given him like plot details, points, like, features but not what the story was about and i was like all right i see where you're going all right i'm gonna work on that <laughs> like i guess see you know because at the end of the day you know i think it's you'd be like oh rain is about a society that like cherishes water yeah it also came out a great time because it's kind of you're like oh i guess you could think of this as like a trump character that's fun like, there's <laughs> all kinds of yeah guy who wants everything that was oh, man such a good movie it's fun when, like, not necessarily rain, but like other things you write, and then you're like you're thinking about what the theme is after the fact, or like just kind of like looking it over after the fact. You're like finding all these things out about yourself, 
like, oh, this is me. I didn't realize that I was writing this character as me. And that's like, just like so many things are reflections of yourself that maybe you didn't even think about until, until it was done. How, Exercising so, demons. So in, in that, in, in that vein, have you ever, have you ever written something that is, that you're like, all right, this is what I would do in this situation. Like actively kind of written yourself as one of the characters. Hmm. Uh, I always, I, I, I tend to write stuff that's like so out of the realm of what actual human beings do that like, it's, it's never a situation that I would ever be in, but I still feel like, I mean, I will have like conversations in my head and generally everybody does what I would do in the movies. And that's where the problems come because everybody's just me and so it's weird <laughs> i can't think of but i've never like lived out a dream in the script and then like oh somebody was mean to me in real life i'm gonna write a script where i can tell them to shut their mouths but that's just me i like to do the weirds what is what is the likelihood you're gonna write a like a like a regular old workplace comedy funny that you say that (laughs) the next script i want to write he's like that i was like i just finished one (laughs) i i am starting a work not workplace exactly but it's like it's a sort of a drama about people and jobs and killing intruders and stuff so it's kind of in there but it's in a we it's it's twisted in a way that's not let's see like yeah you're like there's killing intruders and like there's you just you like took a took it took it off the rails real quick yeah well it's like one of the main themes of it is one of the guys, uh, intruder breaks into this guy's house. And this isn't the main plot. This is a whole side thing. And uh, and then the guy ends up killing the intruder. Everybody thinks he's a hero, but he can't like handle his job anymore. And he's like freaking out. Everyone thinks okay. he's great. But he's not dealing with it very well because he knows that like it wasn't a split-second reaction and he shot the guy because he's invading his house. Like There was a moment where he... he like he could have chosen not to kill the guy. Like he could have shot him in the foot. He could have shot him in the head. But even in that split second, he chose like to kill this guy and whether or not like it was the best decision or not, like to him, he openly chose to murder a man in his house. And so everybody's like grateful that he saved his life and like cheering him as a hero. But to him, he's like, I'm a murderer. Like I killed this guy. And like, so it's just like a weird, uh, uh, real upbeat, you know, you know, you know, you know what, Mister Glass. Um, I can't, I can't sympathize with this character. Uh, I would, uh, I would feel no such compunction. It's my house. Luckily, he's also he's not the main character. He's just a side thing. No, that's that's really cool. And that's that's that. I think that's a really interesting, really interesting thing to explore because I think, I think that's you know another thing that's uh, time relative. You know, yeah, culturally yeah, relevant, true. relevant. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's it's like I'm a gun owner, and it's one of those things that like I'm 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 of two minds about the subject, very very adamantly. Like I I really feel kind of strongly on both ends, and I'm, I think that's good. That makes you a human being, which is nice. You're not just like no, right, my way. right, and I'm not just like ah oh, man. And that's I I know that some people would attribute this to me being a Libra, but I'm <laughs> I'm always always willing to hear out you know an opposing point of view and i will actively play devil's advocate if i'm hearing something and i'm just like yeah but like what about what about that person's perspective you know somebody's telling me something like oh this is what happened blah 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 and i'm just like yeah but like what if this is what they were thinking you know 
Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this is my friend telling me a story about their bad day. And I'm like, yeah, but what if that guy was saying this? Like, what if this is what he meant? <laughs> like, I, yeah, I do that sometimes too. And I'm like, I better not say anything or they're going to get mad at me too. Right. <laughs> then they're going to go talk to somebody else about me. Now I'm the Yeah, jerk. And Matt just said this. I try to tell him about my feelings and he comes over here and tells me. <laughs> no, that's, that's really, that's, that's an interesting, uh, man, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's deep. That's deep. But then on top of that is like all kinds of weirdness. Like, I think I, I feel like I want, well, I don't want to say anything. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, it'll have the quirkiness that everything else kind of has, I think. So I mean, because I never know. want anything to take place in like the real, real world. So there's always going to be some element that's like okay. So I mean, yeah, that, Adam, that was that was the other question. Then yeah, you, you don't think you like you have no no interest in writing something that's like just like regular everyday kind of human drama. Nah, that's what life's for. You don't want to go to the theater to see that stuff. That's it's so much easier. You make a movie about like. I'm just going to say something terrible, but you make a movie about some guy dealing with drug addiction and he dies and it's like, oh, that sucks. But if you make a movie about like, this is a terrible example, but like a guy in the future who has to use, I mean, well, Necromancer, a guy who has to like, you know, go into the Matrix every now and then and he like gets off on this kind of stuff and and he dies in the end. It's the same exact story, but it's so much more palatable because you don't have to see it through like the horrors of everyday life. You can hide it. Like, I love hiding like the real sad true stuff in stories i think that's what where is it oh this way that's what guillermo del toro is good at usually like this story about fish people my favorite part about that movie is about uh shape of water oh this is a poster for devil's backbone one of guillermo del toro's earlier movies it's one of my favorites i've heard of it i have heard of it it's there's like a ghost in it but it's like the ghost is not what the movie's about at all um but i like shape of water is like all about like you know racism and you know whatever and there's like this awesome point in, in the movie that nobody ever talks about where they turn on the tv and it's like the riots and people are getting sprayed down with hoses and they're yep. like oh, i i don't want to watch that i no, we don't want to watch that we want to watch this and it shows like a dancing thing and you're like that's what this movie is it's like nobody wants to watch the story about the, yep. the interracial couple that can't get together. Let's make a movie about a fish and a woman. It's the exact same story, but like it's in a way that those people could watch it. Right. And it's like, it's such a cool thing. And like, same with this, it's like, there's a ghost or like Pan's Labyrinth. And like, you know, it's just all, I, I still don't know what Pan's Labyrinth is about. Yeah, actually I, Devil's Backbone is better than Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> I saw it and I was like, okay. Like I understand what happened, but like I missed most of it. Yeah, like, I, don't I think get it. <laughs> like like the step by step metaphor of doing the three things and the pale man. Like that's, I like that movie a lot, but I feel like this does it a lot more subtly or more subtle, and it doesn't stray so far into the like supernatural part of it that like it doesn't make sense anymore. It's it works a lot better I think in this movie. Devil's Backbone, check it out. I will have to. I will have to. Matt Glass recommends The Devil's Backbone, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> See it. See it now. Anyway, yeah, so I feel like that's my favorite trick about movies and TV is like making unbelievable things change your life in a ways that like regular things couldn't have or like mean more to you than just like a true story could have. I always talk about, I'm just rambling, but. Um, uh doctor who i always enjoy when like it's the fact that it's like some crazy stupid british guy in a box like traveling around being stupid but then there's an episode that will like blow your mind by being either like super serious or super dark or like getting too emotionally like how do they do that like how did this stupid character become this thing that like right 
that means so much. I mean, not every episode does that. Sometimes it's they're not that great, but right. And that's amazing. that's that's yeah. That's where that's where you get the balance out of it. You get the balance where yeah. it's like this is a show. You know, this is some dumb show. I mean, I, my example, and I, the only reason I'm using this as an example is because. Uh, you guys know Karen Gillum, and I was just watching a, like a supercut of the last episode, like the last scenes of the, the last episode of Selfie. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you've seen the show. Yeah, I, I did. Well, I, watched I the really show. liked I thought it. She was great. I yeah, really liked it. I thought it was a really, really like poignant way of doing dealing with the subject. And it was one of those things like it looks like just a dumb, such a dumb show. Like it, like the subject matter is so dumb. But then, like, when you actually watch it and you actually, like, there's so much to it. There's so much more to it. And I don't think people knew. It's, like, it has that, like, a little bit surreal comediness to it that sometimes Scrubs would have a little bit. Yeah. Which I thought, I don't think people knew about. I think that they just saw the title and they were just like, ugh, I don't want to watch this. Yep. I think, I totally think it was the title that killed that show. I agree. I agree. I think it was, and it's funny because I think it, it wasn't even relevant, like, further into the season. Like, I really... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, like, the first two or three episodes, and then... <laughs> and, I'm like, it ends in such a powerful way. Like, the last, the last like, five words or four words or whatever it is, I was just like, he said, next time I'll be ready. And I was like, that's <laughs> dope. That's such a dope. And, like, it's... it's Ah, man, it's, like, it's such it's like such a good commentary for, like, two different, two different, like, div- like very divergent, like, paths of life. And, like both like what's right with them and what's wrong with them from both angles. And it's just, ah, it was such a good <laughs> show. I, I just, I, I get so salty when they cancel stuff. That's really yeah, that's good. A pain. I don't know if you ever watched like flash forward, really good show <sighs> where they let everyone, like everyone in the world passed out for two minutes and 40 seconds. They I feel like it. I might've watched the first season and now I can't remember. It there, at is all. Only, there is only the one season. Okay. Cause is it like six episodes or is it a full, it was a full. It was a full thing. The reason the reason that it was canceled is that no one watched the second half because it happened. It came out the year the writer strike happened. Mm. So like the writer strike happened and they stopped everything. Everything got stopped, and it was like the you had the break then, and then they came back and they put the shows back on. And I like I even forgot that it came back out. So it was like to the point like that's the thing. Like I and I like the show. So mm-hmm. I was like, man, did that ever like did that ever finish? And then in the last episode, they set up this whole universe. Like everyone has a flash forward again, but it's for like years. And I I'm think just I like, do remember. And I'm just like, you bastards, you bastards. Did you ever watch? Uh, just lost my thing. Did you ever watch uh, the Leftovers? No. I feel That's like I've a, heard of it, though. It's a real depressing one. It's like uh, 2% of the population just disappears one day. Huh. And just like everybody dealing with it. Like the first season is hit or miss. Every other episode is really good. But okay. then after that, it gets so good. Like it's just like it, it's so dark, but also like hilarious and like beautiful, like world building. And, 2%. and the final like, seven billion. It's really good. It's, Seven, you know, eight million you, people, two percent. I feel like that's not a big loss. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the thing. It's like it's not that great. But then there's certain people, like one lady. Some people have like a, they, their cousin is gone, but then one lady, her husband and her two kids disappeared. Like just statistically, it happened or whatever. And so like her entire life is completely turned upside down. Some people it doesn't affect at all. Like and it's just like an interesting, very strange. That's that's, that's messed up. You wake up, your whole family's yeah. gone. 
they never like fully address what happened and like you know religious cults pop up saying that like why it happened and apparently and then there's like season two is like there's a town in texas where nobody disappeared and so like everybody's flocking to this town and it becomes like this place where like people are going to try to get healed and there's like you know government has built a fence around it so people can't enter unless they're like permit it's really interesting huh but it also like like this is a side plot i won't spoil anything but then like on the news it's like the entire cast of perfect strangers got taken up we got we're part of the two percent they disappeared and you're like, oh, that's a funny side note. Then later on, it's like, actually, the guy who played Cousin Larry on Perfect Strangers didn't disappear. I'm like, that's okay. Then later on, he shows up in the show as him as the actor playing, who played Cousin Larry on Perfect Strangers. I don't even ever watch that show. Me. You're talking about like, Balky. Yeah. Yeah. So Come like, on. so like, apparently the whole cast disappeared. And then like, no, the Balky's cousin didn't disappear. And then like, the actor's like, I played Balky's cousin on the show. And then like, and the music for the sh- like for the episode about that becomes the perfect strangers theme song, but played like really beautiful quiet piano. It's just such a weird, that like they, sound... they just, they do anything. It's such a weird show. Anyway, that sounds great. very interesting. I like that. I, I don't know. I like, I like weird kind of offbeat stuff. So and it's, I just, I'm so, I like, you can tell from the stuff like you're talking about, like stuff that becomes the thing that you never would have expected it to become. It's like right. my favorite stuff just to be completely thrown off guard, but not like in a, Ooh, it's, now it's about this quick twist. It's like it makes sense, even though it's insane. Just like me. <laughs> so, on as far as subject matter, um, mm-hmm. you guys have stuck to mostly, and I'm, I'll get to mostly in a minute. You guys have stuck mostly to like normal mortal human things. I would even go so far as to say rain is still kind of, it's like really far out there, but like it's still kind of a mortal yeah. thing. Ghost of the Ozarks, uh, by the way, hashtag Netflix pick this shit up. Uh, <laughs> Ghost of the Ozarks is super interesting to me. I really, really like it. I'm already like sold on the universe. I'm so psyched. I like. I like Western type stories and I wouldn't really like categorize this fully as like a Western, but it's just like, it feels more. Yeah, it, like, kinda has that it feel. feels like that Western expansion era feels like, mm-hmm. that, like early to mid 1800s kind of thing. I'm interested. Are you actively avoiding sci-fi or are you interested in going into sci-fi? And if you are, what's when? are you like 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 what's what's kind of like your direction is it robots is it ai like what's more on your mind because i know you're i know get jordan, weird with it <laughs> jordan and tara are super into ai stuff but i don't i'm fine with it i don't know what i would do. okay so i've been trying to read at least one novel from every great sci-fi writer so right now i'm reading their old answer bold um but I've, you know, I've read from like I can't even think of them. His name's Arthur C. Clarke and all the guys, Ray Bradbury, uh, Heinlein. I don't know who, else there is. who? Heinlein. Robert oh, Heinlein. Come on, sir. Uh, what did he do? Well, the one that you might know of off the top of your head is Starship Troopers. Oh, uh, he did not. What is it? Uh, the number the, of the beast. Keep going. Um, which, There's by the one, way, you one should... that I. I, you should all the ones I'm telling you are the ones I've read and the ones that are, you should read. 
the number of the beasts is outstanding. It's so interesting. What I was gonna do is, and then there's the gonna... Valley of Sh- Shadow of Death or Valley of the Shadow of Death. Yeah. Is that what I was going to read? I can't remember. I had one specifically that I was planning on reading, but now I can't remember. Bibliography. Because I, I remember looking at his name very recently. I think it's I think it's called Shadow of Death or Valley of the Shadow of Death, something like that. Stranger in a Strange Land is what I was going to read of his. I think that's on my yeah. shelf. I borrowed, I borrowed a, a stack of books from a friend. Valley of the Shadow of Death and Number of the Beast. Very, very interesting. Nice. Very interesting both have very interesting takes on sexuality. Mm. That's really all I can say without like, that's that's really all anyone should say about those movies, like about about those books. Nice. I'm going to read, speaking of sexuality in books, uh, The Left Hand of Darkness. I don't know that one. It's about, I think it's like supposed to be one of the best. It was written by a woman. I've never really read a sci-fi book by a woman. I think she's supposed to be one of the best. It's like some, this guy goes to a planet where there's no, People choose, like preachers get to choose their gender. I don't really know exactly what it's about, but it's supposed to be okay. one of the best science. Oh. She it won like the Hugo and the whatever the other thing is. Uh, so that's on my list too. Um, best I sci- like best sci-fi short story, I think, in my opinion. Granted, I, w- I will admit I haven't read a lot, but I've read several. Uh, Sound of Thunder. I think oh, that uh, is, is that Ray Bradbury? I think it's Bradbury. Yeah, there's a. Is that the walking on the paths and the dinosaurs killing them does stuff? Right. It's not. It's not, a pa- it's not time travel. They go back. It's like a. It's, it's but aren't there little like there's little they have to walk on floating paths so they don't disturb yes. the yes, 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 grass? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, that, it's, it's time travel, um, sightseeing. It's time time travel sightseeing. Yeah, Ray Bradbury. I mean, one of my favorite short stories he wrote, which I can't remember the name of, is like two astronauts in space. I don't remember what happened at the beginning, but I love just that one. Going that was really good. Other. It's just that. That yeah, was really that was... good. There's yeah. There's a lot. Of, there, I, I bought a. Or had a graphic novel years ago. I think I got it from the library. The Illustrated Man. Uh, no, no, it's 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 all these like short stories that he did. It's like a sound, oh. it's a Sound of Thunder and like other stories. I think it's literally what it's called and other stories. Nice. Uh, and I think it's like six or seven of his like just short stories in graphic novel format, and they were just so brilliant. It was so and every they had different artists for each one that like really really nice. fit. It was so good. Yeah, he's great. Uh, I like Lovecraft stuff a lot. I don't know if that's considered sci-fi, kind of. Does um, does he delve into like the steampunk kind of stuff? I know like, very much fantasy, obviously Cthulhu. He's pre pre any of that stuff, so it's just this other weird thing. It's, a lot of it's about uh, sometimes it's about aliens, but it's usually just like unexplained creatures that we just don't know about yet, right. sort of a thing. But uh, Call of Cthulhu. I read a yeah, it's the weirdest stuff. Freaks I, me out. Uh, that that era, that era in writing is very interesting to me. I uh, I read a book, I forget the name of it right now, but it's kind of like the history of fantasy writing, mm-hmm. uh, and it's this like really really interesting look at how all these how all these writers kind of evolved and how they evolved their styles, and like I know now we look at you know authors and like they put out whole novels and like back then it was very much like essentially articles in a digest Mm -hmm. and that's why everyone made such lengthy descriptive books because they got paid by the word so like and also like what you were saying about the articles thing is like hp lovecraft would write it as though it were somebody telling a story that they heard so always be like and my friend told me that he saw this thing that was the worst thing he'd ever seen and if i told you right now it'll be you know 
it's always written like a guy telling you or like having written the story having heard it and so it has like this weird like that's really cool it's just kind of like a fun uh like it feels like a true story just because of the fact that it's not you're not in there so you know it's you're hearing somebody else tell the story from another person it's just it makes it seem like a, a folklore or like a story from the past which is always really creepy sure sure so uh oh yeah no, no. Uh, sure. I was gonna say is uh, if you don't have anything that you're actively kind of thinking about what you might do, I don't know. I, I think I, I'm interested because I think, like I said, I think I, I know you you're gonna take a weird twist on it. So I'm, I'm interested to see. I just um, I think I mentioned these books to you because we were talking about space okay. travel last week. I think again on Holy Shit History. Uh, which, by the way, uh, viewers, listeners, holy shit history on caffeine.tv slash HCT Media every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. <laughs> Tune in. Tune in. Check it out. Um, there's a, it's called Pirates of Exodus. And it is this future world where it, it, I actually know the author. I, I like, through a client of mine, he was friends with him because they're both authors and like that's how i ended up like he they ended up showing at a convention together and i was like he pitched the story to me and i was like yeah i'll buy it right now <laughs> like done nice uh, and it's basically future world we found another earth like we've fucked up earth and we're like we're just gonna go to this other earth uh and it's i want to say it's like a smidge bigger <laughs> uh and it had this very interesting setup in that there was a ship that had left and in the time that it, cause it's so you know, the, the other earth is so far in the time that it took to get there, better technology had been built and they had sent the next ship and it passed them. So by that time they got to the end of the journey to the new earth, like their parts essentially were like useless and out of date. And it was, this is like ferry service. They were just like going to get people and bringing them forward. And it, in part was um in part it was kind of like selective survivalism because it was just kind of taking some people with us like it didn't seem like it was everyone mm-hmm. and it was just like they park they get like three days they refit it put new engines on it and they're like we're gonna send it back and then you just gotta do that turn back around it's <laughs> just this like ferry service so it's just very interesting to like and like as as they're in mid transit, like new technologies are built. So like there's new engines being so like at some point by the time they get back, the world has gotten to a point where they it's done. All the all the people have left. And there's just like what they what they end up calling the dregs of Exodus. The the leftovers. Oddly enough. Um and like they go down, they're like, Oh, like, you know, we gotta take the next group. And it's like there's not there's no next group there's no like infrastructure like everyone that was there that was handling the, the transfer of people wasn't there there was no you know there's no one manning the station there's no there's nothing so yeah. like they go down and like to Cape Canaveral where like this this the like launch pad was to to leave and they end up having to deal with this like local government set up by this like you know warlord kind of dude mm-hmm. and it's just very interesting to see that so I think. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, the reason I bring that up is because he just did a very interesting book. I, all I know is the pitch. Like, he shared a thing on his Facebook page. And it's a YouTuber puts out, like, a... So it's like, you know, like, the, the dangers of social media. 
he puts out a video like outing like outing a politician or something and then he's on the run because he's ended up like leaking information that like wasn't supposed to be leaked and it's just like the background of it is technology and the core of it is still kind of like a thriller and i think it's an interesting it's interesting like to kind of like sprinkle the technology aspect into it so like i don't know i think it'd be an interesting you know give him a call see what's up <laughs> i like it i decided so a long time ago i wrote this short story i guess it was a short story novelette called five digits in a car and it was a, a sci-fi noir movie about a guy well it starts off with a guy like playing poker with this guy with no arms and whoever wins gets to get his car back but it like that's how it starts and then it like goes back in time and explains but it's like this weird story about the guy who's like the world's gonna end a certain number of hours and he has to get to his car for some reason which i can't even remember anyway i wrote it i had so much fun writing it and was so proud of how it turned out and how it was going that i never have never read it since i don't want to i never wanted to like spoil how it might suck or it might Can like read be tons it? of work <laughs> yeah sure I, like i said there might be a lot of mistakes in it and stuff but it's just That's like fine. i loved it so much making it that i was like i don't want to ruin that by like reading it and then like doubting myself because i'm a really pessimistic person so i wanted to just like be like i'm just going to keep this as the thing that i was happy with and not let but i should go back and read it now it's been like 14 years i think oh wow but so you say you're yeah, a pessimistic was... person like how do you you know on a day-to-day kind of thing like how do you deal with that how do you how do you not let being like like you know you're you're self-aware enough that you understand that you're a pessimistic person first of all uh, i think that's that's a major key how do you how do you get around that to so like not let it let you essentially bring you down and be like oh, i'm not gonna make this movie because whatever uh it, i mean it does but it's like i like I tend to like the stuff that I make usually. I'm never like 100% happy with it. I think like my pessimism makes me have more of like a, a focus. I can focus more on my work and see where the issues really are because I'm not like such a like. There's certain types of people who I like kid, people I knew growing up who like are so optimistic and like think they're so great that they can't see the mistakes that they've made. They can't right. see things that could be fixed because like this is great. I made this awesome thing. This is so great. And for me, it's like. I made this thing. I like this, but clearly there's all these problems. Sure. I hate myself. I'm going to fix this. <laughs> and so, and so, I mean, I, it ends up for me work. I know it's just my thing and it's not healthy, but for me, it ends up pushing me to like better myself, better the things I make. Cause being like, if I can make something better than this, I can make it better. Maybe one day it'll be a place where I make something. I'm like, this is great. I made a great thing. It's over. But like it is my motivation to some degree at this point, which is not a healthy kind of motivation to have for a person. But I'm, so I'm trying to like switch it up and not be that person. But anyway, hey, and there's know. part of me. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. There's a thing where like there's certain songs I make or even videos I make where I'm like, I really love this. This is great. I did a really great job. But then a part of me is like, you can't think that. People that think that are the ones that don't see their mistakes. What are you doing? <laughs> like, oh, I don't. I... So there's like a war going on inside my head all the time. Sounds pretty good. Sounds uh, tiring. <laughs> it is. That's why I'm up until four in the morning and I wake up at at noon. Fair, fair. Um, that's see, like that, that's that, that, at least again, you're you're identifying that you're, you know, you're you're dealing with it. It's not maybe necessarily the healthiest way to deal with it, but you're dealing yeah. with it. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it, I think that's that's you know a big big element of people are going to look at their stuff. I think any creator, any artist, is their own worst uh, criti- critic. Um, you know, you look you look at your own stuff and you're like, ah, man, it could do this better. It could do this better. You know, it's not like it's not exactly what's up here. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think a big element of it needs to be like done not perfect like i you know a lot of people say that i don't I don't know who the first one was but like i think complete but not perfect is because i think perfect is not ever gonna happen like you're never gonna yeah. do something where you're just like 100 percent like good <laughs> when i uh was working on rain i wrote because the green screen such a pain in the ass and the green screen's not all that great but you can't really notice but I wrote a sticky note on my computer that says embrace the imperfections. And I would just have that, like I stare at that every day. Like, just like you should be, not, not just be like, okay with it. If there's a mistake and you can't fix the mistake, like shine light on a mistake and like own up to it. And then it, it becomes like, Oh, they must've done that on purpose. Or like mistake must be a part of the aesthetic of right. the piece, you know, and you can own up to your, your down, down goings, misgivings, misgivings. I like it. I like it. That's uh that's a good I think that's a good place to end it awesome we did it folks we did it folks just um if you don't hear the first part of this just imagine that it was awesome imagine it was awesome well you can't say that you already said that it was boring oh just imagine <laughs> that it was boring <laughs> um, cool of course uh, for those listening and watching in the, in the future make sure you have checked out all the links in the description uh, if you, yeah, we're, it's on the screen, but also we have direct links in the description. Oh. Uh, of course, glassbrain.com for, for Matt's individual stuff. I, by the way, I, I've been like low key, like going back through your, uh, through your Instagram posts. I love, <laughs> I love watching you create music. It's, it's, oh, incredible. that's incredible. I appreciate um, that. Check out HCT media, uh, squirrel coming to a screen near you soon. Uh, I'm still waiting to get my money back. There are no squirrels in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you see the movie. There are so many not squirrels in the trailer. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm psyched. I'm psyched. I'm psyched. Yeah, I, I, I would like, uh, I just want a tweet of a thumbs up. Like, if you can't, like, say it, I just want a tweet personally of a thumbs up, like, once it's sold and ready. And like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. I just want to know it, that sure. it's, like, coming to a screen. <laughs> I know if there's negotiations and all those other things that are happening. <laughs> that's fine, whatever. I just want to know that it's happening. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if no one buys it, you put it on YouTube, you sell it for five, six dollars per rental or whatever. I don't, you know, I don't know what rentals day. are. <laughs> you do it's it. All... You do it on your own. <laughs> yeah, if all else fails, I I think we'll be able to sell it to somebody. What? It, we'll see. What's? And I'm just gonna go back to the question. Uh, more questions uh what is uh what is the benefit of selling it versus doing it yourself um promotion i think like if you sell it to netflix you know or or if you sell it to a company who can sell it to netflix their your audience just becomes much bigger or wherever they sell it if you sell it to a company who'll put in screens they can promote it in ways that you know have connections that we don't necessarily have also if you give it if you get a distribution company involved they have hopefully like international connections sure. you can get it in germany and all the other countries across right, the, right, right, the right, world right. makes perfect sense. specifically germany specifically germany <laughs> yeah. 
We really want to you penetrate want to penetrate the German market. Squirrel is uh, is just ripe for German viewers. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for answering that one last question and all the other questions, of and uh, going down all the various tangents with me. Uh, it was a blast. That's kind of. We should have talked any more in depth about gargoyles, but it's fine. Who was your favorite gargoyle? Oh, that's you can't you can't ask a question okay. like that. It's easy for me, but that's fine. I always gravitate towards Goliath. I do. Alright, that's fine. Just go, I guess. <laughs> who was your, <laughs> your favorite gargoyle? Brooklyn was. But Jeff Bennett was like my favorite voiceover artist at the time. That's a whole other nerdy conversation. Brooklyn Brooklyn was really cool, I won't lie. Brooklyn was I think cool. he was like the angsty teen, so it made sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like no, the sarcastic he was, he was definitely yeah. I uh, I really like Hudson too. Hudson is like Oh yeah, and but I also but I also like grew up without a dad. So like Hudson was the dad figure. He was like, <laughs> I'm gonna take care of the boys. Nice. It was awesome. I, I, man, I want I want like a remake. I want another five seasons of that show. I know they should. All the all those people are still around. Reboot Gargoyles, damn it! You know they they never put out the last season on DVD. Oh, is that true? I it's illegally disgusting. downloaded it a long time ago. The whole first three seasons or whatever. They just I... they, they finally ended up putting out the second half of the first season. I don't even think the second season is out on DVD. It's hmm. yeah, it's weird. It's weird because I think they ended up in a, kind of the same thing. They have the same issue they had with Hulk. You'll never see another Hulk movie because Disney's real, real particular about who they let touch their stuff. And Universal, hmm. Universal, I guess in perpetuity, owns the distribution rights for Incredible Hulk. So hmm. you'll never see a Hulk movie out by itself. Poor Mark Ruffalo. I feel like Hulk movies can only go so far. That's true. And just throw them in other people's movies like in Thor. That worked Which pretty well. Which was great. It was great. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> Best moment ever. By the way, and I think I told you this before, though, uh, that moment where he says, yes, I know him from work, the I know him from work line is an ad lib from um, a kid who was there because of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Oh, yeah. I think I heard that. That's awesome. And I was like, that's the he coolest. better gotten paid. I was yeah. like, that's the coolest fact about that movie. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's awesome. Beyond all the other things, that's the coolest thing about that movie. Like, especially since it's a great line, <laughs> right? And I think, I think, I think he he ended up seeing it first because uh, I think he was terminal, so like he had been on oh. been on set. So they like got him. I, I want to say like an early cut. I don't even think if it was. I don't even think no, it was done. But like he got to see it. He got to see it. That was cool. Yeah, that's what awesome. a what a somber fucking note to bring it to at the end here. There we go. <laughs> Uh, thanks, is. thanks, Matt Glass, for joining us for for thanks being for part me. of this uh, sideshow here that we do. Uh, <laughs> Happy to be here. Much appreciated. For those listening, watching in the future, thank you for watching. Make sure you guys check out mattglass.com, httmedia.com. Check out the glassbrain.com. Glass. Ah, damn it! I keep messing up. Glassbrain. Every year, March twenty seventh, mattglass.com goes up. It should be either rid up, and the other Matt Glass just keeps buying it someday. Freaking Matt Glass. Yeah, we'll can't trust you. them. We'll get you one day. Can't trust those Matt Glasses. <laughs> Make sure you guys check out the main channel where we do all our tech reviews and films. And there was supposed to be a film this Saturday, but uh, yeah, life happens and kind of gets what in the way. You, you know, oh, well. that's why that's why they're called arbitrary deadlines. There's no one in control of me and my creative process besides me. <laughs> <laughs> so. Thanks for watching. We'll see you guys in the next one. Sweet. Bye, everybody. We did it. We did it.